it's time for Talking Jazz. Hey, good evening. Welcome to another edition of Talking Jazz. I'm excited about this show today because it's May the 12th, and that is a very significant day in jazz history, going back to the two years they went to the NBA Finals. And I'm delighted to have with me the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke. And Locke, how's it going? How's the family? How you guys holding up? How you filling your time? What's going on, man? Um, I think as we talked about last time, bummer of a senior year for my son. Uh, I feel for all the seniors out there, both high school and college. Uh, but, you know, we're we're doing well. There's a lot of people that are in tougher situations than we are. So I think we're very appreciative of our circumstances and, uh, you know, hoping to get sports back. I'm missing calling games. I'm really missing being around the fans. I think we'll have we've had a good connection on the podcast every day. But I think there's, you know, and that'll probably be a little ways yeah. away before we have that moment again. But. We're, 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 we're doing as well as can be expected. You know, playing lots things of like the podcast, those are the things that kind of bind us. And, and we absolutely love doing that kind of stuff. All right. So you were talking about, we can't wait till there's games again. Now there's a little bit of news It's yesterday. The jazz owned up their facilities uh, to allow players to come in. David, they, how do they phrase it? A handful of players didn't even tell us who, But does that give you a little bit of a kind of a warm, fuzzy, all right, something's going on at least in jazz land? Uh, I mean, I think that's nice and probably good for the players' mental health. I don't think it translates at all to getting games back up and going. I actually thought the bigger story of the day, which relates to KUTV probably, is that the CEO of Sinclair was on a investment call and said he, with Sinclair owning all the regional sports networks that they bought from Disney and Fox that they anticipate the NBA and the NHL being able to meet their minimum requirements this year. That's interesting because the NHL's talked about going playoffs first. That would imply the NBA would play regular season games. So I thought the most newsworthy thing that took place yesterday was the CEO of Sinclair's comments in an investment call. Yeah, and he he also spoke about the, uh, the, the Fox network group that Sinclair is now an investor and an owner in. So you're right. Those little things are kind of what keeps us going, keeps us looking ahead. But right now, David, I want to look back, way back to the 90s. You were big here back then, the king and I. And then, of course, you went on to become jazz pre-half and post-game host. 1997, the last two years you were here before you moved to Seattle were great years for the jazz. On this day in 97, David, you remember the jazz uh, they beat the Lakers in game five to take that series four to one. What do you remember most about that night as they moved on to the Western Conference Finals for the first time in two straight years? Well, so if I've got it right, that's the Kobe uh, airball night, if if that's the right game um, and yeah. in that circumstance. So, I mean, I think, I'll, honestly, I've told this story a lot. Uh, I went into the Laker locker room that night got Kobe's reaction to the air balls and remember coming back on the air with the late Dave Blackwell, uh, Steve Klauke, Ron Boone, I think uh, was our crew at that point and saying, I've never seen anything like it. His confidence was so unshaken. He basically was reiterating Michael's commercial about you got to miss him before you make him. It'll be all right. I'll make him next time. And he was a 18, 19 year old kid. So uh, that's my that's my largest memory of that. The other one is that that team was just great. Now, so the 97 year is 96, 97 years, the year the Jazz start like 15 and two. And they're just, I mean, they're just great out of the shoot. They'd lost to the Sonics the year oh, yeah. before. And then they come out and they, they're 15. I mean, they are great. And, and if you go back, those, I think they actually started 17 and two because the two 
are back-to-back losses to the Rockets in games three and four and obnoxious people like me that were hosting t- sports talk shows at that point uh, on 1320K Fan were uh, you know, probably calling for the end of the world after we'd lost to the Rockets both those two games. And then they ran off 15 straight wins to go to 17 and two. And at another point, I think yeah, they won five in a row. Real. Another point, they won seven in a row. That was, that basketball team was, boy, were they great. They just didn't have the experience of having been to the finals before. So when Stockton hits that shot uh, later in the playoffs, it, it's such a big deal. Okay. So let's bounce now one year. They, they lose, of course, to the Bulls in, in the finals. Uh, Bulls have home court advantage in 97. And the Jazz end up losing that one in Chicago. A year later, here we go again. And once again, May 12th, like today, is another big one. Only this time they're playing the Spurs. And on May 12th, they end up beating the Spurs to advance to the Western Conference Finals where they'll play the Lakers again. What do you remember about that night as they beat the Spurs 87-77 to move on four games to one? So it was just a general change of how things had evolved, right? If, you know, the biggest change to me at that point, Dave, was the level of experience, the level of maturity of that team, the way the roster was composed. That there just was no doubt, right? They they came out, if I remember correctly, I might get this a yeah. little wrong, but they just manhandled the Spurs and then they sweeped the Lakers, I think, if I've got that if I've got it right. Yeah. I mean it, they there's did. no yes. like doubt yeah. anymore, right? There it's it's not this nervous playoff, it's not oh dear, we've got a keen Elijah in the house, it's not oh my gosh. The offense doesn't work in the playoffs. It's like this team is just a juggernaut at this point. Yeah, they swept, uh, you're right, Kobe and and Shaq. And, of course, those two would go on uh, to win a few titles, by the way. Uh, Real quickly, though, that 98 championship, once they got there after sweeping the Lakers, you remember they had a lot of time off because the Bulls were still having trouble dispatching uh, Indiana. And, by the way, we're going to see that in – uh, the Jordan documentary next weekend in one of the, the next parts. But that I think a lot of us thought the Jazz were going into that final better position than the previous year. They had home court advantage, and I feel like that split they ended up surrendering at home really hurt them. What do you think on that one? Well, I would agree. By the way, I brought a little prop for you. I brought my media pass uh, oh. for you from that year. So here's my Jazz Productions Delta Center media pass from that season. I, I thought oh. I'd just bring a prop for you today. Um, but the That's uh, awesome. I don't know if I still have mine. I might. If you go back to the atmosphere of an NBA Finals, it's different. It's kind of like teams go to the Super Bowl for the first time. I remember covering the uh, game one in Chicago in 97. Malone's won the MVP. I'm sure we're going to hear about, you know, Jordan. We've heard about how Jordan's got a little thing about every single person that's ever slighted him. I'm sure we're going to hear about that, right? And the mailman doesn't deliver on Sunday. And all of that stuff. And I thought the Jazz, as good as they were in that team in 96, 97, as we talked about earlier, was just incredible. I thought the moment was too big for them. And I honestly thought that the moment for Carl Malone being the MVP and what and he felt that he had to be better than Jordan was too big for him in that first year. I thought it wasn't until they were down three games to one uh, in he had a great, you know, that he had this unbelievable, actually game, second series, that's true too. He has an unbelievable game down three games to one when yeah. some of the pressure's off. But the the ask on him in that first playoff series was, you're the MVP, you're supposed to be better than Jordan. And I thought it was a lot. 
And I thought the second time the Jazz got there, they had been there, they understood the circumstance, they had the home court advantage. You know, you you did feel as though it lined up for them to be able to go get that. There's no question, Dave. The fact that they did in a 2-3-2 didn't walk out with the first two games of that series or why we don't have a banner. If they'd won games one and two, all you have to do is go win one in Chicago and you know you've got six and seven back at home. You've only got to win one of those games. You've got it. There's just no way you lose it. And the fact that they couldn't get games one and two both at home in that series with home court as dominant as they were, they, you know, the, the common jazz fan excuses the 10-day layoff. It's too bad because there aren't any excuses to win championships. Yeah. Unfortunately, they yeah, didn't get really it done. Fun. All right. That was a lot of fun. I mean, it's great to relive this. We might have to do uh, more of these. But now I want to look ahead. I am promoting you to NBA commissioner. David Locke, you're in charge. What would you like to see in terms of the parameters of a return to playing basketball? Whether I mean, there have been talk about putting all the games in one city like Orlando. There have been talk about playing uh, without fans. Baseball is talking about using the individual cities without fans. What would you like to see happen? We have to get testing. Our country's been disastrously behind on testing in this whole process for everyone. I mean, everything we're doing in our society right now, opening up is actually based on having testing. It all makes sense. Everything makes sense to open up businesses, get back to life if you have testing so that when somebody gets the virus, you can then test all the people they've had contact with so that you can then quiet down that little pocket. That's how this works. You have to have testing. That That's the key to everything. If we get a bunch of testing, I got a bunch of things I'd like. But the key to this is the ability. And Adam Silver said in his call with the players on Friday yeah. that he believes that they will have adequate testing to the point in which if someone gets the virus, everybody can get tested every day. If that's the case, then I'm hopeful that we can play. But the key is two parts. One is you have to have a policy. What are we doing when somebody gets the virus again? That's going to happen. So what do we do? Is, yeah. it, uh, is it basically for that player going to be treated like a sprained ankle? You're out 10 days. Yeah. The next step I is do. how do we you know, fill arenas with social distancing? I've seen some and some models, both NFL and NBA, from people I know in the business world uh, and even a Major League Baseball model of what stadiums are going to look like. Now. And it's really interesting. It's going to take a lot of creativity. I haven't heard this from anybody, but I almost wonder, like, you're going to arrive. You're going to be told you're seating in Section 106. You're going to be on an app that orders your food, and you're going to have a designated time to go pick it up. You're going to tell little Davy Fox that little Davy Fox can only go get his, his Sour Patch Kids in the first and third quarters. Like, sorry, we only have concession times oh, at these two it. times. But yeah. I think I think <laughs> that's, you know, if you want your massively huge ice cream that you can get at the Vivint Smart Home Arena that nobody else can ever eat in one right. sitting – you're going to have to use your first quarter time to go get it because if you get that late third quarter, there's no way you're done by the end of the game. Very good points, David, and I think you're absolutely right with the testing. Uh, back when this first happened, one person gets it, it shuts everything down. If you have testing, one person gets it, you're right. You could treat it as an isolated incident. Uh, David, you were on the call last week with Dennis Lindsay. I just want to share really quick uh, his thoughts on getting back to playing because he, he like everybody, he, he would like to see it, but he knows it has to be done safely. Jazz Bites. Presented by Kimball Roofing and Repairs. As Adam and the leaders at the league level have said, we've learned things within the last two days, you know, and two weeks. 
uh, and how things have rapidly changed. I think as far as my opinion, uh, whether the league should try to come back, uh, it's overlaid simply by can we come back safely? If, If the health permits, then let's try to come back. I'm all for naming a champion even if it's a a truncated champion, uh, those teams that are in the midst of playoff chases and championship championship chases, we want to, we want to compete. Yeah. Everybody wants to compete just like you said as well, Dave. All right. Wrapping up talking jazz with my man, David Locke, radio voice of the jazz, 20 seconds left and they are yours, my friend. We've talked about the two championship seasons and May 12th's relevance. Go back to February of each of those years in the trade deadline. Players wouldn't come to Utah. The first time the Jazz had a trade involving Greg Foster, Jamie Watson, and a first-round pick for Derek Harper, he said, you go live in Utah. The next year, they had Greg Foster, Chris Morrison, a pick for Ronnie Sykley, and he wouldn't show up. If either of those guys had shown up, would we have a banner in Vivint Smart Home Arena for a championship? I think on Harper, the answer is yes. Very well said. Thank you, David. Be safe. Good night, everyone.